I like pie cold in the summertime because it's refreshing and hot in the winter with ice cream on top. Okay, mm-hmm. think of that in a really dirty way, and it's really funny. I know all that went in my head went straight to dirt. <laughs> exactly. Get your mind out of the gutter. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we're about to meet one of Dallas's best characters. My name is Mary. I'm Sarah. I'm Josh. I thought I was the bit, one of the best characters. One. Okay. I'm Melanie, and well, Josh, you you are a character, but whether or not you're on Dallas. <laughs> hey, you could see my arm in one episode in the barbecue episode in 2012. Oh, there you go. Oh, can can I have its autograph? <laughs> pretty sure i already have a picture with your arm yes i'd like to give a shout out thank you to our patreon members brendan Phillick, captain america sheen pie laura bernheim brad maholland anita ren and Kristen carlano thank you they went to patreon.com and you should go check it out if it sounds interesting to you and ask us some questions through there and we will answer them in a separate little post in a yes. kind of timely manner. <laughs> and we'll give a couple of birthday shout-outs. We are recording on June 21st. I know I mentioned them last time, but Lee McCluskey is 67 today. Ooh, ooh, happy birthday, oh! Lee. Our, His wife had a very nice thing for him on Facebook, I saw. It was oh, adorable. I love them. He was one of our first uh, guests, mm-hmm. along with Charlene Tilton. I hope to have them back sometime. They they were a lot of fun. I would like to have Audrey and Lee, brother and sister, who had a oh, that'd uh, be cool. Who had kind of a humorous scene in this episode. Oh um, my god! Yes, uh, Ted Shackelford himself, Gary Ewing, number two, the one we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Born in nineteen forty six, June twenty third. So he is seventy six, if my math is correct. On June 23rd, which is Thursday. And on June 24th, Friday, it's been talked about by our own Priscilla Presley, the movie Elvis comes out. And it actually brought the Priscilla and her daughter to tears and moved them and blew them away. So I recommend, uh, on behalf of Priscilla and the family, I recommend checking that out. Did you see that nice picture of her and um, the guy who plays Elvis with... Lisa Marie, and then uh, all of Lisa Marie's daughters. So all yes. three of her, Elvis and Priscilla's granddaughters. Uh, Austin Butler. Yeah, Austin Butler. Yeah, that's his yeah. name. Yeah. And um, apparently there is an interview between Lisa Marie and Austin Butler that's going to be on 2020 on Friday, I believe. Oh, that's cool. I didn't hear about that. And in the picture on her Instagram, it said it's the uh, Lisa Marie's the first time she smiled in two years. I know. I saw that too. Hmm. Poor so. Lisa Marie. Oh. Yeah. I was like, why? And then I went, oh. Yeah. Her son died by suicide last summer. So. Yeah, remember, yeah, unfortunate right. member of the 27 Ugh. Club. Yeah. Really sad. But um, he looked a lot like his grandfather. Holy shit, he did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But also, Lisa Marie's two younger daughters also uh-huh. heavy Elvis vibes. And they're like teens. So, so we'll, good jeans. Yeah. Good jeans is what I'm saying. Yes. All around. You can't go wrong. And what are we, what are we all pounding down for drinks this evening? A little bourbon? 
I'm drinking some Southern Tier beer. Ooh, what have you got? (laughs) I found out of season pumpkin, my favorite pumpkin ale. You found pumpkin in the summer. Ah! I was like, oh my God, I'm buying it. So I did. What's what's the born date on that bottle? You know what? It's pumpkin ale. It's, it's probably fine. I'm sure. Oh, it's uh, Best Buy, six twenty five twenty three. So yeah. You know, I've noticed sometimes mass production has longer shelf lives. Yeah, for sure. What and sort of preservatives uh, are they putting also, in there to make the shelf lives longer? Well, you know, making it alcohol preserves it pretty far in the future. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes bottling it yeah. does better than cans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, for our friends out there who might just be getting into craft beer, because I know there were questions oh, yeah. when we did the Facebook Live, yeah. do not let an IPA sit. Not a good idea. No. No, keep it in the fridge if you have to. That's interesting to know. I wish I liked IPAs. I just don't. You know what? They kind of grew on me. Yeah. And it's really, I still don't like the piney tasting ones. It's more the hazy New England style IPAs. I, I just really, I'm really picky about my beer. I'm really, really picky. I, my, I really like like uh, oh, yeah. amber brown red ale. Yeah. Those are good. Those are my favorite, but my favorite is a scotch ale. It's a wee these bit heavy. Pi- these piney yeah. ones, they taste like you're drinking a Christmas tree. <laughs> True. And you don't drink Christmas they trees. They do. There I was. Not, I'm not a gin those, fan either. So maybe those that's are, it. Those are oh, those are called West Coast IPAs, typically. Although the Jones Soda Company comes out with all those weird flavors around the holidays, and they actually had Christmas tree flavored soda. So I don't want to go there. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, by the way, I've got uh, Untitled Art Seltzer again. Oh, yay! Nice. Oh, awesome! Yes. All right. Well, okay. Tonight we are talking about season five, episode four, episode 81 of the series, Little Boy Lost. You really think there's a chance you can lose John Ross? I wouldn't be trying to get him back if it weren't for you. Perhaps if you had a child of your own, you'd have left mine alone. You say something like that again, I'm going to take you apart. I wouldn't be too confident that the court will decide in your favor. Then I am willing to prove that he is unfit to be a member of the human race. J.R., what is it? My custody hearing is tomorrow. Pamela? Dr. Danvers, this Baba Ewan. Something's wrong with Pam. Really wrong. It was written and directed by Leonard Katzman. Double duty. And it aired on Devil's Night, October 30th, 1981. Ooh. Ooh. The number one Billboard hit in the U.S. was once again Arthur's Theme by Christopher Cross. A personal favorite. Between the moon and noon. So good. I said I actually listened to Christopher Cross a bunch this week. Just I love it. Sailing. Uh, I love I loves me some yacht rock. Think of Laura actually was my one I listened to the most. But yeah, I love yacht rock. Give it to me. Was that a general um, hospital song? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, it wasn't written for it was it came out before General Hospital but became popular when Laura died on General Hospital, which of course she's come back to life several times, but um, as they all do. <laughs> as they all do. Yes. The number one film in America this week was The French Lieutenant's Woman. Oh, with starring Meryl Streep, Jeremy Irons, and David Warner and was directed by Carol Rise. Hmm. The top news stories this week, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the 1981 World Series. The band Metallica was formed. Oh, that was sports ball, by the uh, way. 
<laughs> that was sports ball. Uh, President Reagan successfully lobbied the Senate to vote down a resolution that would have blocked the sale of radar planes to Saudi Arabia, which I yeah. guess hindsight, hindsight. Jeez. <laughs> um, um, well. well. The, the sitcom Give Me a Break premiered. And born on this day, Ivanka Trump. Uh, Anna, you know, Anna Dallas. Anna Dallas, a young uh, woman named whose birth name was Suzanne Capito, made her first appearance. Viewers might know her as Morgan Brittany. Yay! Came in as a young woman named Catherine Wentworth. I want a young, wide-eyed, innocent named Catherine Wentworth. <laughs> Her previous roles were in The Birds, Gypsy and Yours, Mine and Ours. That's two different things, Gypsy, Yours, Mine and Ours. She played Ron Howard's girlfriend on The Andy Griffith Show. And she also starred in a primetime soap called Glitter with Timothy Patrick Murphy from Dallas. And... When they were conceiving the role of Catherine, she was originally only supposed to be in three or four episodes because there was really no direction for her at the time. And when they auditioned actresses, the part was written for a 16-year-old. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that would have changed that role a lot. There were blondes, brunettes, short, tall actresses, models, and everything. And when she got the role, she was told to be mysterious and not to go in any specific direction. Now. Arthur Mallett, who played uh, Arthur the uh, Attorney, was played by okay. 1940s MGM star Barry Nelson, who co-starred with, in the um, TV version of Lucille Ball's radio hit, My Favorite Husband. My Favorite Husband. He oh. also co-starred with Barbara <laughs> Bel Geddes in the comedy <laughs> Mary Mary in 1961. And Liam Sullivan, who played Judge Packer, also returned as a judge and a lawyer later in the series. He was also on Star Trek, another Star Trek connection to mm. Dallas. Yeah. Uh, the Twilight Zone, L.A. Law, and Hawaii Five-0. He died uh, April 19th, 1998, at the age of 74. And Mitch's mentor, Dr. Waring, who debuts in this episode, is played by Ed Edward Winter, who was best known for his role as Colonel Flagg on MASH. I knew he looked familiar, and I couldn't place him. But I used to watch a lot of MASH. Arthur Mallett, who plays the comptroller for Wentworth Industries in this episode, comes back in a couple more episodes. It also appeared as the butler in the Warren Beatty movie Heaven Can Wait. This episode fell to number five in the ratings, tying episode 89 as the lowest ranked episode. Wow. And this episode opens with an aerial shot of South Fork in a helicopter, a dramatic aerial shot, which we'll Very get into. Very dramatic. And Priscilla Pointer did not suspect any child of hers on the show would behave the way that she did. So shame on her, she said. And uh, her stuntman husband uh, was a man named Jack Gill, who was John Schneider's double on the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, husband of Morgan Brittany? Yes. Okay. Nice. That is all the. That awesome. was a lot of lot of information. That was a lot of information. We like to provide information, though. We do. We do. As they, as you said, they did start on a very fancy helicopter shot coming into South Fork. Yeah, that was obviously indicative of the 
increase budget. in the budget that we're getting here. <laughs> I know. That's how I get that. I was like, wow, you guys are fancy. And that that dramatic music as they're coming in, too. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, yep. can you? Now, remember, we had just, the helicopter had just left the Southern Cross at the end of the last episode. So the flight between Southern Cross and South Fork must have been very tension filled. Oh, yeah. Much potential. Which Jared doesn't seem to know. He only kind of notices because so the, the helicopter lands and then Miss Ellis, she you can tell she's fucking pissed. And she just like gets off and starts walking away. He tries to help her out, but she bounces out and she starts yeah. walking away. No. Like, she's not having it. No. And then the way he was like, Mama, it sounded like he was, it does almost like a whine, wasn't it? Mama! Don't be mad at me, Mama! <laughs> What did I do? Oh. And she was like, you fucking used me. That's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're sorry ass. Like, she was so pissed. And she was so poised, but so pissed. Both of those things. And uh, and she was, like, like, scary pissed. And I think JR was like, oh, fuck. I don't Okay. I'm done pissed her off. Uh-oh. I've, I've heard yeah. about the horse whip. Like, she might be pulling that out of the closet, too. Right, right, right. And, you know, she had... All I could say was go Miss Ellie all of this because she was like, well, he was like, well, you and daddy. She's like, I'm not raising another grandkid. Right. He tries to rationalize like, why he did it. Like, well, yeah, let me get my kid back. And she's like, well, but if Sue Ellen's gonna raise him coming back, then why would you want John Ross here to be raised by nannies? Yeah, basically. She's like, I'm too old to do that again. I, you know, basically she did it with Lucy. Because his, that was his audacity. He had the audacity to be like, yeah. oh, I thought you'd just raise him for me. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? too old for that shit i'm not doing it again you know and he that just proves like he hasn't even after he found out john ross was his he's still been an absent parent he's basically there as the breadwinner that's it sue ellen is the hands-on one and then he says something to miss ellie that i just went he said i love john ross just as much as sue ellen does after calling her unfit and an absent mother and all this other shit all this time. And it's like, that's interesting and kind of vulnerable. Right. Cause he's admitting something he does. He didn't mean to admit. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's when he's like, you know, he's at his lowest is when the truth actually starts spilling <laughs> that's out. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes the truth to Damn. knock him down to the lows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Miss Ellie's like, well, I know you do, but still, what's what's best for your child? Like, you're not thinking about that. Best place for the child At is all. with the mother because he works all day. He's going to see him five minutes a day. Is that is that a it's relationship? True. He would have. He's not going to be coming home and taking him out, and no, none of that. And he, that's he why owned- I always got pissed. At JR for like the shit he said about Sue Ellen, like not being there. And I was just like, she's there more than you. Way more. Dumbass. <laughs> he, he only wants John Ross. So Sue Ellen can't have him. He thinks of John Ross as another possession of his. And he right. doesn't want anyone else to play with his toys. And it's more of that he wants what he can't have. And he can't have That's him right too. now. And yeah, he's not even no. thinking about how he's going to take care of him or see him or whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a shit about that. Normally, what he... This is more like act first and ask for forgiveness later. Normally, yeah. when he wants what he can't have, it's usually a woman. But now, it's his son. Right. It's a whole different dynamic. And I yes. love how Miss Ellie ends this, too, because it's... She, she doesn't say these words, yes. but it's basically like, I'm not mad so much as disappointed. <laughs> That's well, she did, yeah, she did come out and say, well... I saw a side of you today that I, didn't like. I don't really like. Mm-hmm. And while you're Mm-mm. obviously while your daddy is gone, 
I'm going to have to keep a closer eye on you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, see, and that's the thing. She has this whole time. She's noticed things. She hasn't said anything. She's seen everything. She said, she even said, it's like, I've turned a blind eye, but I can't do that anymore. And you know what? Because it's because of Jock. Jock was supposed to be the person who said shit. So then the next scene, uh, um, Bobby is at another adoption agency with another guy. I guess he's like the last option for a legal adoption. Mr. Jackson. And that's when I, I was like, Bobby, stop talking. Stop, stop talking right now. Just shut it up. Because he's like, Mr. Ewing. He's like, proclushing, figuratively, Mr. Ewing. Totally. He's like, yeah, I don't hear anything. You're you're a pub you're a public figure. You you can't. And he said he can quit being a public. He said he can quit being a public figure if he has to. I'm like, Bobby. I mean, <sighs> Sue Ellen tried to buy a baby on the I black know. market, so. I know. <sighs> but still, okay. Other than the options we went over last week, of which there are many, what about, like, Juno, right? Where you approach someone, oh, like Rita Briggs, you're just not paying them to do it. Just being like, so you want to have someone adopt your baby. Okay. I mean, that, and technically, like, that's a that, that would be a private adoption. That would be a private adoption, yes. Yeah, I don't know. There's other choices, but okay. Um, but for for dramatic purposes, for dramatic purposes, they only want to go and get a newborn baby, whatever. That's going to take too long, and Bobby doesn't think that he can wait. <sighs> okay, and the reasons why become very apparent. Yeah, in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wasn't it around this time where the first baby was conceived by IVF was born? Wasn't she like born in eighty one or eighty two? Let me look that up. I think so. IVF or yeah. two, or the two? That's what that is. is IVF. The, yeah, oh, the, the, the uh, <laughs> yeah. It just sounds a lot better now. It does sound better now. Yeah. What What was that girl's name? Oh God. Um. Oh, I want to say it was like Elizabeth or something. I was thinking Aaron or something. Yeah, so it may Aaron, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I don't, Elizabeth Jordan. It was Elizabeth. Born December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty one. Fun oh, fact for Melanie. Yay. There's pictures of her too online. Aww. So how about when this episode aired? She was two months away from being born. Barely. Six yeah. like six weeks, right? Yeah. So so that there was That's already a pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. From IVF. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to Southern Cross. Um Sue Ellen and Dusty um are meeting with a custody lawyer about the upcoming trial. Arthur. By the way, that sign is very lackluster. The Southern Cross sign. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. No, it's so and, and, and I think we should mention it every time we see it because we just want to drive the point home because it is that lackluster that it, it came from the same group that did all of Cliff Barnes' political campaign signs. I think yeah, they just... Totally. They just, yeah, totally. Yeah. Kinkos. Yeah, totally. Or, <laughs> as we called it, kinkies. So her lawyer, what's his name? Do we know his Arthur. name? We know his name. Arthur. Um, Arthur. He's he, basically he, like... He got lost between the moon and New York City. Because <laughs> <laughs> that song it's, was number this, one this week. It's, it's the best you can do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that was the, it was the number one song this, that, w- that week, and it Arthur was, was the attorney. Was. So that's... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he's basically like, so if there's anything in your past, Ellen, that maybe co- might come up in the trial that like, they might bring She's up like, like mm. FYI better to bring it up to me before then. 
But if you want to do it in private, just you and I, just you let me know. And she's kind of like, uh, okay. And who's Dusty talking to on the phone that says it's coming along? I do not know. I think that was doesn't matter. I think it was just so they could talk privately. Oh, okay. Like a filler. Just to, just to <laughs> it's separate not them. Yeah. It's probably just designed <laughs> to separate him and Sue Ellen so that she can walk yeah. him back to the car and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they're going to yeah. try to – so they're going to get – could take about a month to get on the court calendar also for the custody yeah. here. Because all of this, the law works slow for all these things. Adoption, divorce. Right. <sighs> because they want to milk the storyline, yes. But also, that's real life, too. Like, the law can take forever. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Bobby. He's sitting at Pam's desk at the store. And he's like, hey, where is she? Because Jackie walks in. Yeah, he gets off the phone. He's, like, making business calls from her for her desk. Uh, right. It's like, okay. Yeah. Make yourself at home, Senator. Right. Um, and then Jackie comes in and says that she's up on the third floor. And Bobby's like, oh, what's up on the third floor? And she's like, the children's department. And Bobby's just like, dun, dun. And he was like, dun, dun, dun. cringe, cringe. Ugh. And then we cut to the close up shot of the little clown musical merry go round thingy that Pam is sitting creepy. there. Creepy. It's so creepy. A little clown thing. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't like polar bears, but clown, clowns are number polar two. Bears. Does anybody <laughs> find clowns Ugh. creepy? Oh yeah, clowns are yes. totally creepy. They're so creepy. Very much so. Especially if Stephen King has created the clown. You don't like polar exactly. bears? Exactly. So, that's, so that's those why. like Coca-Cola commercials are frightening too. Uh, mm, 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 that's funny. Mm-hmm. The old ad agency I worked at made those. <laughs> 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 They're terrifying. Yeah. All I remember is them going mm, at the end of the commercial. Yeah. Oh, I hate yeah. it. That's funny. Now we know what to send Sarah for Christmas. Yeah. My brother does. He hasn't done it in a while, but he used to do it every Christmas and not put anything in the box except for a polar bear of some sort and no name and no return address. That's a, and I it's such a brother thing to do. Mm-hmm. He's a dick. Note to self. So Bobby walks uh-huh. up to the third floor and he sees Pam just staring off into space with this creepy clown little music box playing. And all the new cribs have arrived. Aren't they wonderful? Oh, my God. This is like a start of a horror movie. It really is. It is. It, yeah, something's about it's to like happen. like Rosemary's <laughs> Baby or something. It's like The Conjuring, like when like the lady gets uh, a spoiler alert, when the lady gets possessed, you know? Yeah. The mom. It's creepy. Ugh. So she's going no. off the rails. Girl is going off the rails. Pam, it's time to leave. Let's just put that over there and let's just <sighs> walk out the door. Do, 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 do. So then we cut to, um, I just wrote court thingy because I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Is that when uh, they go in to see if they're, when he finds out the Ar- Judge Packard's yeah, on yeah, the yeah. thing? Okay. Yeah, Arthur is there. And he's not. That's just getting on the court calendar. Yeah, yeah he's not. Yeah. I'm sure this he's, has a name. I didn't know the name, though. So. Scheduling. Get on the docket. On the docket. It's like a. Get on the docket. Getting on the docket. Yes. Yeah. I love that word. But the. the, the um, JR the shows docket. up, which uh, he wondered if that was. I think it's out of the ordinary because that's just a lawyer thing. Like, the client doesn't need to be there. Right. And the court coordinator is not able to be met with that day because they closed at four. So it's going to be the day after tomorrow. Yep. Jr. seems happy about this. Like it's going to take two days. Jr. is like, Oh, okay. And he's like a little too happy about it. You know? 
And he mentions, oh, old Judge Packer, huh? Yeah. And Barker's eyes pop out of his head in that creepy way. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, warns you know, him. I'm an, I'm an officer of the court. I don't want to hear, I don't want any impropriety or something funky going down here. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, why would JR, you know why would JR not play by the rules? I know, that's so unlike him. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yes. So we cut to Cliff, and he's at his brand new office with Rebecca, and he's, like, getting used to sitting at a big fancy desk. And he keeps accidentally buzzing Maria. His Right, because he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> so funny. Marie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's getting used to stuff, and he requests veal piccata for dinner that night from his mama. Dinner tonight. Oh, that was funny. Dinner tonight at 7, veal piccata. Piccata, yeah. And then he wants the Comptroller, this man named Forrest, to come up with the books. Yeah. To see what's really going on. Yes. The company. Uh, and I was like, I got, what, does that mean he, he didn't really look at it before? That's what I wondered. Like, he was just making shit up at the meeting. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the backdrop outside of his office looks like a sepia type of cutout or something of just buildings painted. It really looks fake. I did not notice that, but I have to check next time. I didn't either. I yeah. Know. So we cut to Don and Ray. Yeah, Don and Ray are there with mm-hmm. Punk and Pat Powers. Pat Powers. Pat Powers. And Ray Ray is given the three million dollar check for the original investment, which he gives to Donna, and she's going to deposit it. And he's given a his first profit check and uh, off of the Lubbock deal. And he's going to set up a land development account so that way they can just draw from that for future projects. Which is not. Did you see her look on her face? Uh-huh. Yep. She was like, what the fuck? You know, what do we need that for? You know, like, I don't understand what's up her butthole. I don't, e- but she was kind of like, you know, it was fine with me that you took that three million. It was fine. It was, yeah, I was it like, was fine. Um, and, then and, then, and then he goes all chauvinist. Uh-huh. With his little, yeah. But he says that um, it's not right for a man to have to ask. Now I don't have to. <laughs> it's so weird to me. And I know it's just that day and age. I know. I think, like, I'm mad at both him and Don in this scene. <laughs> yeah, I think that he could have handled that differently. Yeah, yes, a lot differently. I mean, it's fine to put some money into a land development account to he have a separate. Work, he had to work, exactly. I mean, that's oh, a land development account is is perfectly a, a responsible, reasonable business decision thing to do. It's, so it's you're separate. Yeah. yeah, you're separating your business funds from your personal funds. Right. He just had to be like, I'm starting this as my business account instead of like our personal account, so it's separate. Right, and then that way we can done just you need know, to talk about deals yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Donna kind of looks at him like, "I'm gonna kick you your know, ass." That's what. All you had to do was ask me, dumbass. Like, and that's the <laughs> thing. Hello, communication. Are we not a team? Right. That that's what um, I think is getting her a little bit. Bobby and Pam. Yeah. Bobby and Pam had that problem when she couldn't tell him about certain things early on, and this and that, yeah. and they just dragged yeah. out for. And that's the thing that really ticks me off but I also remember this was like 40 years ago like 
there's nothing wrong with go like a husband going to his wife and asking her like advice or opinion because honestly it is a joint decision yeah. and let's be honest here Donna did really spend a lot of time in this world she has good ideas she could give him some insight he doesn't have anything to prove it would yeah, not make him less of a man it would not make him any less of a man any less of a businessman and you know what the boys never have to know that he talked to Donna about it nope never nope never but it's his own ego it's his own ego about it it's gonna get him in trouble one of these days uh, yeah it might Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly mm-hmm. could get him to it. So, so back at the Southern Cross, they, they, this. Mm. Meanwhile, this, back at the ranch. Yeah, this is a ranch that is supposedly lined and like a fortress with security everywhere. Yet Arthur mm-hmm. just drives through an open, not even a gate, just drives up the road. Nobody stops him to check. There's nobody there. Anybody could just drive up that well, road. But they know his car. They know his car. Because he's yeah, been there before. I mean, you don't think Dusty's got snipers out there? I guarantee you he does. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that I just thought it was a little lax. Uh, just that well, they know just, the lawyer's car. Yeah, like, they, know, they know his car. Right? Yeah, they know his yeah, but car. They're, but they're in the house. Or they're, I don't know where they yeah, are. Yeah, but his people know the car, too. So I'm saying. Yeah, his security, people. they... Yeah, I bet he. It's probably like South Fork. They'd probably be stopped on the damn road before he even got to the driveway. Right. They know. They know that he's coming. They know he's coming. It's fine. But I have to say, this is the longest shot in human history. It just keeps going. Just. I'm like, did they have to make up time? But this, and they just had the shot. They're like, he's driving on this road. No, he's driving on this road. <laughs> and that. God. In college was how my film instructor differentiated between a legitimate movie and a porno movie. If somebody called somebody up in a regular movie and said, oh, come over to my house, you hang up the phone, you cut, the next shot is the person knocking on the other person's door. Porno, just to break up all the sex scenes, the person would hang up the phone and they would show them walking to the house, just to that long shot of the walking just to break up the sex scenes. True, but I think we also need dick shots if this was a porno. Uh, we don't have any I'm, of those. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just talking about the, I'm just talking about the long <laughs> shot of nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unless you're watching women porn, then you need other shots. That's true. Yeah. There's no. There's also no vajayjays. So. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nothing. There's nothing. Nope. So Arthur, who's between the moon and New York City, is coming to see Sue Ellen in person um, because she has called him because she's like, hey, remember when you mentioned that I should tell you things about me? Mary, is, is, that, is that the best that you can do? <laughs> uh, yeah, so fall in love. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, so I got some things to tell you about myself. <laughs> she like goes on the uh, list. Goes on the she list. Was- Drunk, I was a loser and a user. And a sanitarium. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah. And he heard, heard about her escaping and they had the almost fatal crash. Mm-hmm. And then she talks about having other men. True. She also calls herself an almost alcoholic. And I was like, mm, work girl, girl, you're an alcoholic. Girl, I guess you're not there yet because you're totally an alcoholic. <laughs> you are yeah, or you aren't. Right. She's, she yeah, is. Yeah, almost. No, there's no almost about that, Simone. 
Yeah. So, but then she's she's like, okay, here's my dirt, but also here's Jr's dirt. So he can say this shit about me, but also we can say we can use this stuff against him. Unfortunately, Texas works. Texas is an old boys network, and he will Jr. will you know he'll get patted on the back and blah 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 and just a little uh, you know, but it won't go well for Sue Ellen. He says it's the last bastion of male chauvinism. And I was like, oh, if only it was the last bastion of male chauvinism. Oh, wouldn't that be a wonderful world? But yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, that's, you know, it's all still bad. But um, yeah, but basically he's like, it doesn't matter what JR did. They'll, they'll think he's cool and you ho. Sorry. That's how it works here. And she's like, fuck. <laughs> He's like, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> okay. She's like, great. Cool. Cool story. I'm really excited about this. So then we cut to Bobby uh, telling Pam about the uh, the adoption stuff and he's trying to keep it positive and he's like no 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 it's fine like I, okay this was our last chance of finding it an illegal adoption agency but there's, there's there's things and pam's like nope it's hopeless we would never have a child she is on my nerves yeah she's she's slipping down the uh into ozzy osbourne's crazy train hi, hi, hi. in um, fact <laughs> she might be driving the crazy train 100%. But this is, I'm proud of Bobby because he finally is like, so I think it might be a good idea for you to see a psychiatrist, maybe. Yeah, but, a psychiat- know, might be. but a psychiatrist can't change the fact that we can't have a baby. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's not, I mean, <sighs> like, right. But mm-hmm. that's not the point. Like, he can help you work through those feelings and not feel so hopeless about it. So, come on, Pam. But she's not about it. Yeah. Ugh. And she just pulls away. She pulls away, and JR pulls up to the Double Tree Hotel to meet Afton Cooper. Or, with Afton, yeah. With, with Afton, yes. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's, why, why are they going to the Double Tree for lunch? Hmm. What? Well, you find out right when you walk in, and you know you bet the he's done this with more out. than one girl too. He uses them to well play on the men. Yeah, you know ho- hotels have restaurants for a very good reason, apparently. <laughs> yep. Very true. Chew and screw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? I, that was funnier than I thought it Never. would be. Um, I know. I didn't. I yeah, didn't hear either. <laughs> um, yeah. So surprisingly, out of the blue, Judge. Hacker, who is going to be their judge, happens to be dining there at the very same time. Really? Coincidence? Yeah, or weird. something more. Coincidence or something more. How does he always know where everybody he, is? Because he, he has informants all over town. He's J.R. Ewing. He can make a body appear at a church social. Okay. Right. Uh, so then uh, they get seated next to Judge Packer, where he's basically like, hey, let's join me. And so they join his table. And they said the last time that he's seen the family was at their rodeo. Rodeo, yes. I, that's what Who, I thought I heard. Right? Who pronounces it rodeo? Like the drive? Like rodeo drive? So So he ran into the Ewings on rodeo drive is what he's trying to say. What the only saying? reason I called it was because you said the they, last I'll bet you they were all viewing cr- Rodeo. I'll bet, you they, I'll bet you they were all Christmas shopping on Rodeo Drive, too, for the <laughs> Christmas episodes that we never see. 
I don't know. It, that was so funny, though. The last Ewing Rodeo. All right. I think I'm going to call it that from now on. The Ewing Rodeo. Oh, the Ewing Rodeo. Because mm-hmm. that's what a, that's what a fancy rodeo of- is. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't that wasn't the, upscale one of the Mighty Ducks movies where they were like, "What is this rodeo drive?" <laughs> like rodeo. I think it was. It says rodeo drive. Rodeo drive. That's the rodeo. first thing I thought of. I went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> right near Rodeo Drive was where I actually interviewed the cast in 2012 on May 3rd. Nice. Ooh. So uh, Judge Packer thinks that Afton is he. He just assumes Afton is Jr.'s secretary, and Afton, which that's bullshit. Afton. You automatically the, the woman walks in as his secretary mm. or his mistress, one right. or the other. That's yeah. so shitty. Yeah, no, that's that's too much uh, for Afton to handle being a secretary. I know she says <laughs> that too. Oof. Uh, they are talking about some some deal. JR is like yeah. trying to sit. Did he just make that up when he was sitting there? Totally made it up did. out of the blue. Okay. That's what I thought. Pulled I was not sure was like. Yeah. And then they bring a phone to the table with probably a very long cord. That probably. Yeah, a very, very had, long cord. And I can just imagine them off, off screen bringing the phone in and having to run the cord around different people's tables. And, oh, excuse me, <laughs> don't trip over this. And uh, laying it there. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Whenever um, Slack calls. This, you know, timing perfect or whatever. I, I guess I just didn't really look last week, but she looks so young to me. Oh, yeah, totally. And is that, it just, I don't, I remember her being older, not older, but looking older. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, she looked really, really young in this episode to me. Well, we get to see her age 10 more years. So 1245, did I time it right? <laughs> 15, if you count the first reunion movie. That's true. That's very, yeah. that is very true. Yeah. Um, so then JR wonder, he's like, oh, unfortunately, I have to go. Can you, could you see Afton home safely for me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Dirty old man. Dirty old man. Actually, that's all he ends up doing, as we'll find out later. That's true. Yep. So then Mr. Forrest comes to see if Cliff has done with all the company books. This, this um, guy is a shady talker. He's just, the way he... He's very proper. He's not shady. He's just very refined. Like, he told Cliff he doesn't drink. That tells me a lot. Right. No judgment, but it does tell me a lot. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. But He played on something. He's the old man on... Okay, actually, this is judgment. He thinks he's better than everybody else. And he Mm. might thumb his nose a little at Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Although, maybe I'm being too much of a bitch, and maybe he had an alcoholism problem in the past, and now he chooses to be sober. See, I'm getting way too deep into this. Oh, wow. (laughs) Self-reflection. His facial expressions, to me, seem to indicate like like he was hiding some information, too. I think he's trying to keep company secrets. He's trying not to give too much away. Exactly. He wants to be vague because even though he is Rebecca's son, like he obviously has more trust about Rebecca and Herbert Wentworth than he does about Cliff Barnes, and he's trying to be vague for a reason. I think the fact that Cliff doesn't know that and he notices that Cliff doesn't know makes him register that Rebecca hasn't told him, which makes him be like, I have to protect the secret because it's not my place to tell Cliff. Right. Sarah, you said he played in something else. We were talking earlier. He he was the butler in the Warren Beatty movie, Heaven Can Wait. Well, I was thinking of more like the ones that like Scrooged or something. He played that voice. I'm going to find it. And he was also came back on the show as a character named Ryan in seasons, tw- uh, a couple of the later seasons. 
I think he was on the Jeffersons or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think those are all like character actors for the most part. So, yeah. Oh, he was the voice on The Secret of the Nymph. Oh. Okay. That's the voice. Okay. You knew him as a voice okay. for sure. Yep. Yep. So this is when, uh, so he kind of like gets a little like out that, you know, it's a bigger, like this is just a small company and one of many companies owned by Wentworth Industries. And then he says like, well, why haven't I heard of them before? And he says, well, you know, the headquarters are in Houston and Mr. Wentworth kept a low profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Cliff calls his Rebecca to make dinner plans that he already made. Yes. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. I'm like, all right. He was also in Mary Poppins. Oh. He was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was in St. Elsewhere, too. And then we come to, Af- we come to Afton singing, so drink. Jesus. And that song. No, it goes on for a while. Oof. She's singing songs about... Um, the, town, the town is talking. And the love that their love is making too. Yeah, turn off, the, close the turn the light, close the door, turn off the light. She's gonna fire inside her tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, All Afton. Right. And she she's always taking a break. She, she always. is. Yeah, we always see her at the end of the set. Yes. And Jr. is there to see her. Could somebody out there who's listening? Uh, I, I could do it myself, but. Uh, Take every singing scene she has and just ma- do a cut of montage of all of her singing. Oh my god! If someone does that, I I will send you a special like little gift in the mail. If someone would, that would do that for awesome. us and like post it on our Facebook group, that'd be amazing. Because Jr. is pissed that she didn't get any results with uh, Judge Packer because yeah, he just uh, they they talked, they had some drinks, and he put her in a cab and sent her home. She tries to con the con. She tries to power move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I don't mind helping out from time to time, but at some point I'd like to get out of this crummy joint. Crummy joint. She's putting some, some thoughts in his head. Well, he's not going to pay for someone that's not getting any results. So she's yeah, lucky. He shoots she's her a, down immediately. She's lucky he, she has a job at all. And then he, he takes off. Yep. And who sees this in the background? She's so busted because Mitch sees the whole thing. You bitch. What is he doing here? Mitch, you bitch. And he's just like, I'm sorry, what the fuck just happened? Like, why are you talking to him of all people? (laughs) And she just rolls her eyes. She's like, Mitch, I don't want to know. I'm not even going to do this because... Yeah, well, they're 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 interrupted by something else going on in the uh, in the in Milton's joint. There, Milton is not uh, careful with the chicken bones there, or something like that. I don't know. This, oh, right. this woman. Someone starts choking on a chicken bone, and uh, Mitch runs over there and like gives her the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> it's so new. It's so new. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and she finally hacks up the bone. What and. They think, and Afton, of course, has to lay the seeds. Oh, that's his name is Mitchell Cooper, Doctor uh-huh. Mitchell mm-hmm. Cooper. Doctor, yeah. I also think that I feel like she was also a little bit impressed. Yeah, Afton. Afton. Yeah, she seemed actually yeah. like oh, like taken aback, like oh wow, my brother actually like did something cool. Okay. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So then we cut to Ellie and Donna, and they're playing a. Game? Is it Canastone, maybe? They're playing a game and drinking wine. 
I just assumed it was backgammon because they used to play oh, a lot of backgammon. backgammon. Yeah, maybe I, it's I, backgammon. It, it could be anything. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're they're playing a board game, drinking wine in the living room. Can we comment on the all the porcelain figures and stuff in the bookcase uh, or the hutch unit? The collectibles. Yeah, the collectibles behind them. They got a serious collectible collection going on there. in the living room. In the living room, in the background of that scene. Shit, I didn't notice. I'm oh have, yeah, you got- I, I think I see it. You think he's, it's there for a long time? I think it's like I have to check if it's the same thing I'm thinking of. Some porcelain like dogs are gone. Right from yeah, the these chair, are a lot so. of yeah. This is a lot of porcelain stuff in the in that thing. Just the all yeah. I'm even on, even on even on top of it and uh, huh. you know. Guess Maselli yeah. likes her knickknacks like my mother. Knickknacks. That's what I was trying to think of. Knickknacks. And, and patty wax. Yeah. <laughs> Give it all a bone. Rover rear. Bobby comes in. He's like, hey, where's Pam? And they're like, oh, she's upstairs. So he goes upstairs and she's just staring in this. At first you're like, oh, she's just staring in the ceiling again in the dark like she's been doing. And he has great news and he goes over. Because that's normal. Yeah, it's normal. That whole thing was weird. It was even weirder. He just called the doctor. He didn't call like 911. I know they didn't have 911 though. I don't think. I don't think they did. But still, yeah, he just calls the family doctor. Yeah. He couldn't remember. He couldn't calm. remember the number for nine one one, so he had to call four one one to ask for the number for nine one one. But that would have taken okay, too long. Okay, another Mary, another Google point because we already looked at the test tube, baby. We got to find when nine one one first went because I thought back, way back when you had to call the operator. You did, and I can tell you it was in the eighties because. Okay. Yeah. The, it was legally you had to have a street name. My grandparents lived yes. on a dirt road, so My they named this, a, they named yeah. the, the road after us. I have an answer. Nine one one was introduced in the city of Dallas in 1985. Oh, I would so be we about in kindergarten. That's about yet. right. In Dallas, we are okay. Pre nine one one. Pre 1985. That's why Dr. Danvers still makes house calls, and that's yeah, why so the, he called Dr. Danvers. And that's why the uh, doctors made house calls on the Brady Bunch in the measles episode. It's very possible. This being so rich, they also had his private line. That's true too. It's true. Yeah, right. Because he like answered the phone. Yeah. And but Dr. Danvers being Dr. Danvers does his usual Dr. Danvers thing. He's like, I gave her a mild sedative. <laughs> I is gave her some for everything. He, he break an arm. I gave her a mild sedative. <laughs> Got to calm her down. He's essentially a a a, a drug dealer. <laughs> I was, I was about to say a Bill Cosby, but that way it's a oh. lot, a little. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They they found him guilty in something today, and I just ordered. saw it flash over about an hour ago, but yeah. I don't, I didn't read guilty it. What? what was it? it Five hundred thousand dollars or something? Something he, he in his civil out. in the civil mm. suit. Civil suit. That's five hundred thousand dollars is like ten dollars to me, and, and she'll she'll never he'll never have to pay it. He'll just say I can't pay it. Most of those things never get paid. Or he'll pay it, or he'll die. I mean, like, oh, he's God, old now. Me. Yeah, he's like as, 80. He's going to burn in hell. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Of course he is. As, as, as Jacques Ewing said, five, five, that's chicken feed. Right, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So Dr. Danvers says that he, that Pam is probably depressed. He's like, she's fine. I don't know. She's probably depressed. I don't know. You might want to take her to get a psychiatrist to look at her. This is beyond me. She's physically <laughs> fine. Yeah, she's physically fine, but she probably, she might need a psychiatrist. And everybody just kind of looks at each other like, oh, she needs a psychiatrist. Like, obviously, you guys. Come on. Obviously. 
And my eyes were drawn back to the, all the porcelain in the background again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, look, look next time they have a uh, take that down some next time. Yeah. So we got to Rebecca and she has made dinner and dessert for Cliff. Cliff is pounding that veal piccata. Oh That's God. a big ass piece of pie at the end too. It was a huge piece of pie. And hers was big too, but she got like she cut a quarter of the pie for each of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big. I'm gonna guess who else is gonna eat it. That's what she that's said. A big piece of pie. <laughs> that's what I like the scene for, for what transpires. I do too. There's a lot of honesty. Mm-hmm. So we we actually because we've been talking the past few weeks about whether Cliff knew his mother had the money. And was rich, mm-hmm. and I think this kind of answers it. It does. Like he did. I, I guess he didn't know, and so he lit, he bla- he just comes out and he's like, "Why didn't you tell me that you have money?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, "Oh, shit. Well, honestly, because I wanted you to love me for me and not my money." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, good call. Because I, I, I mean, I might have just loved you. I might have pretended to love you for the money." Yeah, I think that actually showed a growth <laughs> scene for him. I give him points for that. Yeah. Me too. No, I do too. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And he wasn't eating Chinese food either. So that's real growth too. Yeah. No, that was, it was really big on his part. And, and, um, and you guys paid attention yeah. to what he said to her, right? Like he used to like all this, like he tells her, he tells her money and all this like stuff was important to him. Yeah. That's something he, I, he goes, like, I guess because I'd never had it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like red flag. Hello, to me. And then he says, "I like, I, I, I think big. I have big dreams, and if I start moving too fast, slow me down." Like he need, he knows he needs to be reeled in. Yeah, I, he's being pretty vulnerable to her. A lot. I thought so too. Yeah, he's telling her here. These are my faults. I'm letting you know. He's honest, yeah. and she needs to keep this in the back of her mind. Yes. Yes, she does. That, that really s- seals the deal that they're together back as a mother son unit at this point yeah. because he yeah opened. i agree with that yeah mm-hmm. and she tells him to eat his pie and yeah that's what she said um is mitch's phone out of order i guess i guess mitch's phone is out of order it, it's okay afton has called the phone company and let him know yes she's concerned for her so very nice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so very, she comes to good. see him in person because his phone is not working i bet he didn't pay the bill that's what yeah. I think happened. Probably, because yeah. he's very proud and he yeah. works for 60 cents an hour or something be like, like that. I don't need a phone. Phones are for rich people. It's all that <laughs> Ewing money can buy those all Ewing phones. Those, those, long, those long Ewing phone cords that run all over the mansion. Yeah. Blah, blah. So Afton's come to tell him that a Mr. Frank Waring called the club today looking to try to find out the superhero who saved his wife from dying the night before. And so she's there to pass on the message that this guy would like to meet with Mitch to thank him. He didn't do it for that though. He's right, yeah, I didn't do it for that. I didn't do it for that. I'm like, she's like, yeah, obviously you didn't do it for that, but you did it. That lady obviously has money. You should meet with them to see. Maybe they'll thank you with money. And that would be great, right? And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh. The scene was very funny between them, actually. It was, yeah. It's it was like she's kind of bannering when she's walking out too. They play; they're very good. They play off each other very well as brother and sister because they yeah. are just so annoyed with each other constantly <laughs> in such a funny way. 
She tells her to put I, on something nice, like, she, and she already made the uh, arrangements. Yeah. And oh. he's just like, wait, what is, what's wrong with the way I dress? And she's just like, ha-ha, and she leaves. <laughs> and I, I was laughing. I had a good laugh. That was yeah, fun. it was good. Uh, his hair is so fluffy this season. I'm loving it. A lot. Uh, okay, so the next morning, okay, this is a red flags all around. Uh, so it's breakfast on the patio. and no, Actually, by the pool. Yeah. That's they made the is, table out. You're right. They were, they were the eating pool. by the pool this whole time, all this episode. Yeah, yeah, they were. And so JR is telling Ellie all about the Judge Packer thing, which I think, so I think this is weird. And I don't understand JR's I, motivation. I don't know. I think it's really weird too. Because like he's, his mom had told him like, I don't like when you're doing things that are underhanded, basically. She told mm-hmm. him earlier in the episode, and I don't like that side of you. And so he's like doing something underhanded, and he keeps like telling her he's doing it. Well, that that way over and over again, right? That, over and that over. Way that way, he's there'll be no secrets this time. He kept right, but to, he's like rubbing it in her face, basically. Yeah, it's something weird about it. I didn't understand that, but there was something. I don't something. get it. I don't get it. I don't get his motivation. So if if someone is listening, and you can explain his motivation to me. Please do it because I don't get it. But then, uh, Pam. And Bobby come out to the pool as well. Cray cray. JR says hi to Bobby and doesn't even say a word to Pam and walks by her. All right, of course. <laughs> JR's a dick. Pam is all like, you know, Miss Ellie's like, are you feeling better? And Pam's like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed about last night. I don't know what happened, blah, blah. But I'm totally fine now. Totally yeah. fine. See how it's fine It's like I she am? had a script played yeah. out in, already in I her still- head. I'm so fine, and I'm ha- and she's acting really happy, and I'm like, oh god, this isn't good. She's so fine that her husband Uh-oh. is going to drive her to work and not herself. Yeah, so they could get a dinner t- that night. I was like, that something. She's crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, she's so, and and she's just like really, really happy, and I'm like, if anyone who had been that depressed is all of a sudden really happy, red flags all around. Don't leave their side. Exactly. It's suicide she, watch for that. That is, is suicide she, watch 100%. Yes. Is she giving away any of her possessions too? Right. I don't. Uh, Probably. I, I just don't like it. Don't like it. And then we have Mitch's beat up old. That's a yellow Mustang, right? Um, I believe so. Pulling up to this rich mansion. These people are very rich and they're yeah. eating on a cheap lawn table and chairs okay. in the Middle of the okay. backyard. I have that table and chairs. I own that table and chairs. That is, I inherited that from my in-laws. And uh, we have the exact same one. It's totally from this, the early 80s. The same he, brown he, thing uh, on it and everything. He's we a rich, he's a rich doctor. One. He couldn't have like a, a patio paved out and a fancy outdoor table put out there. And I did think... The table was, and the chairs are actually very nice. They're pretty. They're very high quality and a little bit expensive because they were, I think, my Seth's grandparents originally. So they're pricey. But they're on the grass, which is a in fine grass, area, instead which, of yeah, like a little patio that's, area. That's what I found weird. Yeah, was in, yeah. instead of this little patio area because we're at South Fork. You have that patio and yeah. you have the by the pool. Yeah. So you have this nice little area. And they're like next to tennis courts. Did you notice that there's people playing tennis in the background? Like if they're next to. Yes. 
something. I was wondering, do, do they yeah. have children? And and Next to the country uh, Beverly, club. Beverly yeah. is her is her name. She is she um, not a person of words? She doesn't speak the whole scene. She just yeah. She was not paid to speak at all. I think in this episode, <laughs> she was clearly she's just an extra. She was paid to get choked. That maybe, was it. Maybe yeah. she was still gagging on some chicken bone. Yeah, maybe her throat still hurts. Yeah. Uh, but Dr. Waring tries to pay Mitch $5,000 for saving his wife's life, which, of course, Mitch turns down because he's a fucking idiot. Plus, I would have been like, I'm not worth more than $5,000. <laughs> right. Guess, like, well, I mean, I guess back. Well. But $5,000 back then, because I did the money, I did yeah. the money change for later in this episode, $5,000 in 1981 is worth... $16,077.89 today. Huh. So. If he was really the, change. If he was really so noble or whatever, I don't know what the word is that he's looking for, the the money and, the, and all that, mm-hmm. he could have given it to charity. He really, you know what? He could have. Yep. He could have taken that money and been, thanks, I'm going to donate this to my favorite Medi- charity. I'm going to donate this to the homeless. Medical research. Medical right. research or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. But You're- we learned that he's a doctor. Dr. Waring, mm-hmm. and he starts asking Mitch about where he's going to base himself at, like a home hospital or some type and of he's, thing. And he's like, how did you know what to do? Like, it's a Heimlich maneuver. Like, I feel it's so funny because, like, everybody knows how to do the Heimlich maneuver now. Right. And he's like, whoa, that was some crazy knowledge you had there. Yes. <laughs> I. Nobody else uh, could possibly know, know that. how to do you that. You did it with perfection. Did anybody else think that him giving him the money was a test? After the fact, yes. after the fact, so he looked at it and he goes, like you know, they kind of like each other and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. totally a test. I didn't even stop to think about that. It seemed like a test because he looked at his wife and he goes, mm-hmm, when he refuses the money. But, but anyway, he be- says, let's talk more for the future about this. Your plans. It's a good connection to have just out of medical school. Yeah, know? it's always good yeah. to have connections, right? Yeah. Yeah. The dog <laughs> seems to agree, too. Yep, yep. I'm going to kill him. So then we come to JR telling Ellie more of his plans about the judge, and Ellie just doesn't want to hear it. She's just like, stop talking about it to me. I don't want to know. Didn't we learn from Sue Ellen, stop revealing your plans? Right, and Ellie's already been like, I don't want to know about your devious plans. Dude, just back off, right? Ellie earlier said she's going to have to keep an eye on him, and maybe now JR is being upfront about all of his plans so that... Do you think that's what he's doing? Uh, maybe, he's try- maybe. Is he, try- is he trying to appease Mama? Mm. By telling her all the underhanded shit he's going to do? I don't Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe he's trying to just see how she reacts. I don't know. She doesn't it like it, be. neither do I. Yeah. But it's it's all a moot point, this uh, deal with Judge Packer, because custody hearing's tomorrow. Dun-dun-dun. Okay, that is breakfast the next day. <sighs> Ellie warns Jer about mudslinging at the hearing. Right. Because he doesn't want John Ross to pick up a paper in the future and read about what a tramp his mother is. I'm like... I was like... <laughs> no, no. And he said, well, none of this would have happened if uh, Pam hadn't done what she had done. Right, because she's like, she had, oh, you're all heart, JR. <laughs> maybe maybe if you had a child of your own, and Bobby wants to take him apart right there. Okay, I feel like this scene, um, Bobby has grown as a person. 
because past Bobby would have just tried to punch him in the face. And now current Bobby is just threatening violence in it's a pretty better. calm in a in a more calm manner. So I feel like he's kind <laughs> of growing as a person. And a also <laughs> there's no male jockcock to get between him and JR to break him up. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. There isn't jock. So he there's knows Pam, he has to keep There's it cool. Donna yeah. and there is Ellie at the table. And yeah. I don't think the three of them are going to be able to hold Bobby off from doing, because right. Donna's going to be, would probably be like, go for it. Pam would be like, yeah, go for it. And Miss Ellie would be like, where's my horse whip? Where's the shotgun right. out of the whole like, closet? I'm not going to, Miss Ellie would get between them. I think I wouldn't doubt that. It's true. But. Yeah. So then we cut to Cliff and Rebecca are leaving. Is it is it her a place or an I office? Think it's her, because, I think it's her apartment. Like they're walking out of the parking garage or deck or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it must be a different angle because it's not the angle that we see from the front. When right, we see yeah, these yeah. I think it's like a side angle or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a taxi pulls up. Er, 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 drink. Er. <laughs> and a, a brunette gets out. Mm-hmm. I knew a that bitch was a mile brunette. away. Yep, she's beautiful eyes. She's um, beautiful. So then, oh, it's this beautiful brunette, and it turns out this is Rebecca's daughter, Catherine. So then brother and sister are meeting each other. They're like, oh, hi, it's nice to meet you. Ah. But Cliff's face, hey. he didn't even say anything. He just stood there. Cliff's a little... Yeah. Um, I don't know how to really to read his reaction. He didn't want yeah, to share her attention. As, he's not as warm as he maybe should be for meeting his sister, his brand new sister. Yeah. Half sister. Half or sister. Yeah, yeah. Right. Still, like, there's family, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited. I love Catherine. <laughs> no, I, when she got out of the car, I was like, she's finally here. Like, you want to say so I'm much sorry. shit about her. I do. There's so I, much shit I want to say about Catherine, but I'm not going to. Because first time I, I looked at her eyes. She's on vacation or has mm-hmm. some time off. Some time off. And she's here to visit. And she looks like a real sweet, sweet person. Yeah, but she cuts her eyes at the end. Like she has those, those mean villain eyes for a split second. Melanie, what you're going to say? What, I'm sorry. What are you going to say, Melanie? I was just going to say her... When she got out of the car and like her eyes were like flashing, like I was like, those are crazy eyes. Like what? I just feel like like they're crazy eyes. Like they were Morgan Brittany. I don't know like what she did, but she, it's almost like she went into Catherine being like, (laughs) Mary's getting so excited. What's up? (laughs) Mary's face right now, you guys. She's sitting here silently mouthing, going, ah. I love it. There's so much I want to say about Catherine, but I know that we have people who are listening and watching for the first time, so no spoilers, but you guys. She beats Kristen by 500,000. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. She's my favorite Dallas villain. I'm just going to say it from here, and you're not going to know what that means. I think she's mine, too. She's my favorite. Okay, so then um, we cut to the custody trial. And um, Which they're all like, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I'll, I'll sum it up at the end. I was going to say something about the whole shebang. I was just going to say that. Um, so they're all like, uh, the um, JR side is they're like, well, we could have brought up 
so many, so many negative things about Mrs. Ewing. But, you know, worse about, she's so unfit as a mother. We could have brought all these up, but we're not going to because we're so above that (laughs) that we're not going to bring it up. But it's like you just brought it up by not bringing it up. But okay. Cool, cool. Um, And then they're like, but the one thing we can't get past is that, you know, Sewellen has put John Ross in an ex- in extremely immoral conditions because she's been living for over a month with a man who she obviously in is sin. in sin, which I know this is a different time. I do. And I, and I, and believe me, when I was divorced, I did not bring any weird men home to my house at all. If my kids were there ever, but I just, I don't know. They, it wasn't like they just, she just ran off with them. They've known each other. John Ross is really right. too young to know what's going on anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they say her, his mother and her lover have been sharing a bed. Oh my God. <gasps> sharing a bed, no way. And then they cut to basically Sue Ellen's lawyers. Like, uh, yeah, so that's not a thing at all. And they're like, okay, well. Um, and we can prove it because, you know, and all we can say is, like, they're not. And then the prosecution's like, you say they're not, and, like, your servants say they're not, but that doesn't mean anything. And they're like, yeah, but what about some doctors who say they can't because he's totally impotent? Did you see how and he then, was basically saying, we can bring this to light oh, with permission or whatever? Right. Yeah, oh, he was show. giving them consent to do it. Right. And then it's just like the close-ups of everyone's reaction, and which was so funny. My favorites were, of course, JR, who was literally like shocked beyond words. And then Miss Sally, who just looked, looks like she's so sad for Sue she Ellen. Like, she's just like, oh my God. Oh yeah. God. I was like, what the hell? What did you do? <laughs> Miss Sally likes a D. You must really hate my son. <laughs> Miss Ellie likes a D, is all I'm saying. <laughs> so the Judge Packer's going to need a little time to think this whole thing over, and he's going to reconvene yeah. at 2 o'clock, which gives us enough time for Jackie to call Bobby wondering where Pam is because she never showed up at Liz Craig's office, and her car is still there. Right. She's like, have you seen Pam? Because she says she's going to see Liz Craig, and she never made it to the office, and no one can find he, her. And we're a little bit he worried. He didn't even finish saying, I'll be right there before he's hanging the phone up. Like, in that scene, he's like, yeah. I'll be right there. Right. I mean, like, he's putting the phone down. He grabbed his chair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his jacket. Good. Good, Bobby. Good job, because yeah. you need to get there. So Donna and Miss Ellie are saying, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll rule in your favor. And JR's like... Please, they painted her out to be Sue Ellen of Assisi. I that I love that line so much. It's so good. Sainthood upon her because she yeah. gave up. She gave up a life of sex and love for to care for someone and purest love of all. Yeah, true, pure love. Well, that's enough to convince Judge Packer to give her uh, five thousand dollars a month in alimony, mm. one thousand dollars a month in child support, and temporary mm. cuss custody until the divorce hearing yep and i would like to say once again i converted that to today's money that is the five thousand is sixteen thousand seventy seven dollars and eighty nine cents a month for alimony and then three thousand two hundred and fifteen dollars and fifty eight cents for custody a month i was gonna say almost 20 grand a month yeah i was gonna say my friend that had to have been a lot because my friend of course they were rich but 
She gets, well, she did. She got $5,000 a month alimony. They have no kids. She just got 5000 until she got remarried, and she got remarried four years later. So for four years, he paid her five grand a month. But was that recently? That, um, like, in the recent years? Last 10 years. So that's 60000 Okay. So, the, so, that's, so she's getting 60000 a year. Yeah. Which is huge. Nobody even made that, really, then. It really, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. teachers made, like, $10,000 a year by then. Or twenty, right. maybe. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a lot. Jeez, you don't you don't even have to work <laughs> back then. She doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't work. No. Uh-uh. And we end on JR's face, having lost. In yeah, yeah. her his, face, though. Did she see her sassy oh ass little She's so smug. She oh needed to I, be. I, I, her face. I beat your and that ass. Smart little outfit. Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. Classic With the black and white. That's like yes. classic Sue Ellen in the restaurant with Alicia Ogden. Yeah, with Sue that. <laughs> Taking yeah, it up yeah. a notch. But that dress. <laughs> Taking it up a notch. I would not have worn that dress yeah. that she wore because it reminds me too much of her mugshot picture dress. That's what yes. I guess. Oh, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, but it's like. I was like, are you trying to bring up the past that you're custody here and you dumbass? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> the 80s version mm-hmm. of her mugshot yeah. picture. And you have that whole black and white theme of good versus evil. Uh, uh-huh. The good cowboy uh-huh. in, the, in, in the black, in the white hat, and the bad cowboy in the black hat type yeah. of a thing being portrayed in the dress uh, and the color yep. uh, composition. And we end that episode. And scene. Scene. And scene. Little boy lost. And I'm going to give this 4.65 bourbons and a Suellen of Assisi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give this a 4.5 because I liked a lot of the Catherine Cliff scenes. And I liked that Catherine is finally here. Um, and cause crazy Pam, but I'll give it a, uh, Vil, Vil Picotta. <laughs> Vil Picotta, nice. I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm going to go with a 4.7 cause there was a lot of classic JR versus Sue Ellen theme and you have Cliff starting to slide into the oil industry. Yep. And that scene oh, where yeah. he and his mother have fully reconnected. Catherine has mm-hmm. shown up. Um, oh, sweetheart. Pam's Pam in that job. Is driving, Pam is co-driving that crazy train with Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. And um, I am going to give it a coughed up chicken bone. <laughs> I'm going to say 4.75 bourbons. And I, I wrote down true love, but I wanted to change it. And I had it like right there, but I can't remember what I wanted to change it to now. Oh, no, wait. 4.75 bourbons. And I want a slice of that pie. Ah, I'll mess that to you. Pretty good. A lot of lot of uh, food in this. uh, True love and pie. Because pie pie is love. Love is pie. Piccata, piccata, chicken bones, and pie. Yeah, it's a lot of eating this episode. And Sue Ellen of Assisi. And uh, Sue Ellen of Assisi. (laughs) I thought that was such a great (laughs) and a great insult. That's a good coffee cup too. Jr. is not fit to be a member of the human race. That's up there with Takaba. Suellen of Assisi. Oh my god! I don't spell it. All right, so join us next time when we're going to be talking about episode eighty-two, the sweet smell of revenge. That's a dish best served cold, like pie in the summertime. A big slice of pie with Catherine Wentworth. 
<laughs> Join us next time. Uh, and in the meantime, check out our Patreon, our Venmo, our merch. Merchandise. Our, yeah, our uh, Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter. All of those you can find in your show notes if you just click on it. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye, y'all. Y'all come back now, you hear? I want some pie. <laughs> <laughs> I want some more people will come if there's punch and pie. Do you remember pie. that from South Park? <laughs> more people will come if there's punch and pie. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, exactly. The uh, South Park. Thank you. <laughs> he, uh, Stan, you must find. <laughs> what was that from? The South Park movie. Uh, Stan, you must find. Stan, you must find the clitoris. <laughs> Well, I think the clitoris was from the South Park movie. I'm yes, thinking just a regular saying, yeah. episode of South Park and Pat. With Pension Pension That powers you can punch a pie. Jesus God. Okay, yeah, let's get it. Pat powers, punch a pie. Next on Dallas. Boy, no one's going to get you away from me ever, ever again. Don't worry, Daddy. I got a plan. Get the Farlows to throw Sue Ellen off the ranch. And once she doesn't have their protection anymore, she'll come hightailing it back to South Fork with John Ross in her arms. How can Pamela just disappear, vanish into thin air just like that? I don't know. No one has seen her since she left her office. I want you to turn around, honey. Just turn around and take my hand, all right? No!